Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. stories to surprise, encourage, redirect, and sometimes turn life upside down, all in the name of love. I'm your muse, Tara Lamont Eastman, a creative, a feminist, and a pastor. I invite you to join me on this unpredictable spiritual adventure that is always sacred, but never stuffy. This week's episode is called, What Are You Hungry For? This week, I tell a story about my appetite for music, a prayer with a stranger, and waking up to spiritual hunger. I learned that there is something more for me to do in response to the things that cause me to fight, fly, or freeze. Just a heads up, I'm reviewing the lessons for weeks one and two for Lent, as last week I focused on a text for Ash Wednesday. So this week, I'm telling stories about two Jesus stories. One from Mark 1, about Jesus traveling into the wilderness, a time of fasting and drawing close to God. And then Mark 8, where Jesus speaks about the danger in the days to come. And I'm drawn near to the idea in both of these texts to spiritual hunger. We all have spiritual needs, but it's a human commonality to just try to power through or avoid where we feel the most in conflict, spiritually that is, like fight, flight, or freeze. And as we look at these texts and stories of wrestling with spiritual needs, I hope this episode is a moment of oasis, of gathering your thoughts before you head back into the fray. So what are you hungry for? This might seem like an odd question, especially in Lent when folks are active in giving up things. A favorite part of the lesson from Mark 8 is when Jesus rebukes Peter. Not that I'm a big fan of rebuking. However, I love that Jesus is direct in his redirection of Peter. Jesus tells Peter in this rebuke that his attention is not on the proper thing, that if Peter was really paying attention to what was important, Peter would not be trying to redirect Jesus 
from the difficult road ahead. I love Peter in this text. He hears the bad news of what's to come and tries to come up with a plan B. I think Peter and I must have something in common because like most humans, if I see a problem ahead, I'll do whatever's necessary to avoid it, to fix it, or to go to heroic events to bypass it. On a human level, I totally understand what Peter is doing, but Jesus, who sees the bigger picture, rebukes Peter's tendency to avoid the fray, calls Peter to go directly into the fray with him. In Mark 1, we see Jesus in the heat of the desert in a quiet place away from the distractions. He's preparing for the ministry that's waiting for him on the other side of that wilderness. And now in Mark 8, Jesus is closer to his arrest in the cross. Jesus wants Peter and the disciples to, like the mantra of the Girl Scouts, to always be prepared, but not to run, fight, or freeze from the fray to come. Which brings me back to the question, what are you hungry for? We are now two weeks into the season of Lent, a time known for giving up things to focus on prayer. But I wonder, could this season of seeking spiritual renewal help us to become aware of our reflexes of fight, flight, and freeze, and empower us for a deeper, calmer response to the chaos around us? What if we looked deeper into the actual purpose of this season? This time of Lent is a space for us, like the Litany for Hunger by Fran Pratt, to confess that we often seek to fill a void inside of us with frivolous things, spiritual junk food. Forgive us and bless us with manna from heaven. We set aside the expectation that our hunger might be satisfied by anything but your spirit. Nourish our souls, O God. While we solely make the season a Lent about the practice of giving up something, I think a lesson of Lent is one that leads us into new depths of spiritual maturity and hunger for God. Which brings me to a holy shenanigans story about the season of Lent that started on Ash Wednesday seven years ago. This year marked the seventh Ash Wednesday that I participated in the celebration of Ashes to Go. I learned about this on-the-go observation of Lent, of recognizing we don't live forever, but are loved by a God who abides with us forever, from an Episcopal priest. They shared their stories of experiencing and witnessing God using this modification of a long-standing church tradition as a sacred space that filled people's hunger for God. When I first started to use this practice borrowed by my friend, there were some that discounted Ashes the Go as Ash Wednesday light. How could people possibly have a full understanding of this season, of their own mortality, in this abbreviated way? I addressed the criticism as best I could to make sure there was a space for people who wanted a full worship service to take part of, but was determined to take Ashes to Go outside where people were. Plans were made, ashes were burned from palm branches, and volunteers rallied for the first ashes to go for the parish where I was serving as vicar. The volunteers were concerned about the western New York cold and set up a wind-blocking tent out of bright blue camping tarps. They came with coffee in hand. They came with a hunger to meet with God and people on this new adventure called Ashes to Go. 
To my delight, we had a steady flow of people for this outreach effort. Some people wanted specific prayers for the needs in their lives, and others just wanted ashes. But as I traced the sign of the cross with ash and oil on their foreheads and said, Remember you are dust, and to dust you will return. It became a space for sacred right in the middle of the church parking lot off a busy metro highway. We prayed where we were, and the Creator, Redeemer, and Comforter was there with us. My own experience with Ashes to Go, I've learned that a simple moment of prayer with a passerby can be the miracle they've been praying for. A humble moment of prayer offers space to share in the needs of another person, ranging from serious illnesses to employment that will pay the bills. A prayer of gratitude for life to questions about God and if they were loved and accepted. Ashes to Go is an example of how praying where we are is a miracle that many people are longing for. As I think back to the first Ashes to Go, there is a specific person that I remember to this day. It was late in the day and I was getting ready to head inside to warm up, and a car drove into the lot and parked a ways down the driveway and stopped. I didn't know if this person was there for ashes and prayer, but I trudged through the snow to ask if they were there for Ash Wednesday. The person in the car seemed flustered, but they managed to say, yes, I need ashes today, especially today. Here is where, instead of rushing to the next thing, I sensed and thankfully listened to the Holy Spirit's still small voice calling me to slow down. And I asked them, why is today a day you need ashes so much? Thank you, Holy Spirit. And the person said that their mom had passed away just a few days ago. And today was their memorial. They said, I was driving down this highway saying, or I guess praying to God, that I'm on empty. I'm exhausted. I don't know how I'll be able to get through this terrible day. And I saw that strange blue tarp and a sign that said, ashes to go. And I saw you all bundled up outside the church. So I turned around and drove up, hoping for something to fill me up. This is what I needed today. In tears, we prayed together. I drew the cross with oil and ashes on their forehead. And then they were on their way, filled up just enough to face the events of the day of their mother's memorial. It turns out that they weren't the only person needing to be filled up in that moment of prayer. I was in need of being filled up too. Praying with people is a humbling space shared by very few people. And as a pastor, it's one that I treat with great respect. But this voracious hunger people have for God remains. And so there's the question, what are you in need of, hungry for, from God? Hunger is a human condition. We all have things that we hunger for. Even before I can remember, I've had a voracious appetite for music, all kinds of music, classical, funk, R&B, soul, jazz, bluegrass, electronic, and acapella. The list goes on. One of my many jobs before becoming a pastor was working in a music store. I love the opportunity, before having access to music on streaming services, to learn about new and different kinds of music and introduce others to it as well. 
Another bonus of working in a music store was when record labels would send us promo packs with sample CDs of new artists. I loved the mixed CDs for their variety and would play them in the store in hopes of interesting new customers. When the time came for me to leave this job just before my daughter was born, my boss and co-workers had a party for me. They had a cake and some gifts for me and my baby. And after most of the staff had gone home, my boss had one more unexpected gift for me. Over time, she had collected the store sample CDs and gathered them for me. She said, I thought that listening to these might make you feel better when you miss us. Your appetite for music is wonderful, and I want your appetite for music to keep on growing. My hunger for music is something that was encouraged and cultivated by family, teachers, radio, MTV, the always impressive Grammy Awards, and my boss. My appetite for music was encouraged, supported, and to this day, even with access to things like Spotify, I'm never tired of hearing something new. My hunger for music is one that helps me to live into my humanity more fully. And while you might not be familiar with Lent or the Jesus stories I share with you today, you do have spiritual hunger, good ones, that help you live a full and rich life. Wherever we go, people we meet are hungry for mercy, for forgiveness, for love, for music. They're also hungry for God. We all are hungry for spiritual growth. We hunger for peace, for hope, for healing. We hunger for the needs of our family and friends. We hunger for the state of the world. We are hungry. This Lent, we have an opportunity to remember each beautiful, sacred space of life. In this time, we can pray where we are, pause where we are, and take some time to feed that spiritual hunger that we often ignore or just try to power through. This Lent, my spiritual practices are focused on helping me to stop and listen to God's leading, to learn what is mine and what isn't mine to do, to make some space for oasis and rest, so that when I go out into the world, I'm filled up and prepared for the joys and the challenges of that day. And since I told you about my appetite for music, you won't be surprised that part of my practice for Lent is singing. One song in particular that stands out is Pray Where You Are by the Lost Dogs. And the chorus of this song says this, Pray where you are, pray where you are. In the fields and in the factories, there's no limits, rules, or boundaries. At work or school or driving in your car, pray where you are. The words of the song remind me that each and every person has a need for spiritual oasis or fuel. I have a need for spiritual oasis and fuel. The song also is a reminder that prayer is a place of filling for myself and for others. It's a reminder that spiritual fuel of music and prayer goes with me everywhere. If only I remember. So some questions to ask. The tools that work to fill my spiritual needs are probably different than the ones that you need, but I encourage you to take this season of Lent to try out a spiritual practice to fill that spiritual hunger with something that lasts. And the questions I would like you to consider are this, what are you hungry for and how will you choose to feed it?
Because in this season of Lent, we have a space to say, we are hungry. And to look for those spaces where fight, flight, and freezing keep us from engaging in the world around us. In these Jesus stories, we learned how he went into the wilderness to fast and pray and was attended by angels. Jesus took time for spiritual refueling and then went back into the world with his followers and asked them to take up their cross and follow him into the fray. No fighting, no flying away, no freezing. This time calls us to feed our souls on something more spiritual than spiritual junk food. I invite you to take some time to think, to pray. And like that person who took a chance on ashes to go all those years ago, to receive some ashes and a time of prayer. Ask God to show you what you need to fill your spiritual hunger. For Lent, I encourage you to think of this time of wilderness in a different way. Think of the time as an oasis in a desert, a refreshing drink of cold water on a hot day, to reframe prayer as a source of comfort and filling as you go into the world. Because today is the day that you need filled up the most. This week's poem, written by yours truly, is called Human Animals. What are you hungry for? Food? Connection? Home? What are you thirsting for? Water? Welcome? A space to roam? What is it that makes you fight? Ego? Jealousy? Or? Shalom? Every night? What is it that makes you run? The threat of love or love undone? What is it that makes you freeze? Living with what's familiar or what makes you free? Hunger and thirst make us animals indeed. Instead of fight, flight, and freeze, make us the humans we so desperately need. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Holy Shenanigans, where it's always sacred but never stuffy. Until next time, peace.